0: Welcome back to the hype. I'm your host, as always, Brian Darso. With me, as always, is Jonathan harmony Howdy, howdy. Chewy, <laughs> chewy, chewy, Darso. There's always conditions.
1: <laughs> Emily Blake. Hey, y'all. And special guest today, Mr. Eric Stoltz. Hello. Hi, Eric. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. I am already sweating at the thought of having to defend things that I enjoy. How? Well, good luck. Welcome uh, to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the internet. I didn't know the internet would be like this. Uh, Eric, Neither you anyth- did the
2: people that invented the internet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait, Al it's all yeah, trolls and out. porn. Al Gore? Way trolls out. and porn is yeah. the internet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and much. troll porn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah. they really, yeah. really should have seen the troll Vendai porn coming. <laughs> uh, Eric, do you have anything you want to plug quick before we get started? Um no sure I mean you could follow me on Twitter at Eric J Stools uh that's about as exciting as my life is right now well you've written
0: some articles that I've read
1: oh sure yeah I I do some uh, magazine <laughs> writing for Flood Mac <laughs> Brian is my manager he's <laughs> he's, he's, plug, he's plug. got my back uh, <laughs> oh oh just the major pieces of writing <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I have the pleasure of doing some magazine writing at a magazine called Flood you can go to FloodMagazine.com dot com and I get to. uh Usually I write about comedy, so I get to interview comedians I love, uh, review comedic movies that I wind up enjoying more often than not. So uh, that's usually where you can find my stuff.
2: And you also do something with children.
1: And I also do something with children. That's vague and creepy. (laughs) The less said about that, the better. (laughs) (laughs) I volunteer at a nonprofit called 826LA. Uh, They are my home away from home in Los Angeles, which is itself a home away from home, so... Uh, check out 826LA.org. It's a tutoring center and writing lab that gets kids excited about writing. So if you have uh, an existential crisis in Los Angeles and you find yourself wishing you were doing something really meaningful... But it's literally everyone time. in Los Angeles. Right, exactly. So <laughs> 99% of people who live here, if you've got an hour to spare throughout the week, uh, they consider volunteering there. It's a fantastic quality of life.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, then we're going to jump right into a where have you been doing... I will go first. Uh, I saw the movie Good Time. Anybody else heard of it? Seen what, is, what is this? Robert Pattinson? Robert Pattinson. Uh, it's Robert. Good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's a very good movie. Uh, I know we've been at odds the past couple of episodes on whether or not you should watch trailers. Don't watch the trailer. You can listen to me tell you about it. It's about a guy whose brother gets in prison and he spends the entire night throughout the underbelly and disgusting parts of New York trying to figure out a way to get his brother out of jail as fast as possible because his brother's mentally ill and he's afraid he's going to get hurt. If you watch the trailer, nearly every major plot point will be spoiled all the way up to and including the end. Oh, uh, uh, yay. I did not know. I watched the trailer after I saw it because I had not seen the trailer. Uh, we were literally just talking and choosing, you should go see that movie because get out of the house. Facebook has
2: been oddly uh, target uh, advertising me about it. Like every day I open my Facebook and Robert Pattinson is a storm and da, da, da movie. (laughs) you'll never understand how good he is and I'm like uh okay. you clicked on something I did at some point like every it's just... or you
3: just talked about him I think and Facebook your, heard you. your your clear yeah. love of twilight <laughs> yeah.
2: this is uh, why I'm
4: like like I want to post about being terrified of clowns but I'm afraid once I do I'm just gonna see non-stop oh, yeah. well. everywhere don't on my timeline don't even address it so I just like don't yeah. even say the word clown I, I'm trying not to say the word it you should, yeah, should
2: try not to use it in your yeah, words just yeah
3: just don't oh good just say yeah. that <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, one of these things but, yeah, so, like, after not seeing the trailer and seeing the movie, like, I'd seen, like, a 30-second, like, Robert Pattinson in a movie, and that was all I'd seen. But after going back and watching, like, the full-on two-minute theatrical trailer, like, it ruins the movie. And it's one of those trailers that hides it really well. Like, you're watching, like, I'm sure this doesn't spoil everything. And then you're sitting there, and, like, there's key scenes in the trailer. Like, I haven't seen this part yet, and it's about over, so now I know exactly what's about to happen.
5: That sucks. <coughs> yeah. Well, yeah.
0: And it's really upsetting because these guys, the the two brothers and Robert Pattinson, put a lot of time and effort into making a very good movie that really wants to feel dangerous, and you don't like anybody in it, but you're still kind of rooting for them. And it was a really kind of tough story to pull off, and they did a great job. But this trailer just fucking. I so feel
4: like marketing departments hate movies. It well,
0: really feels like that sometimes.
3: It's maybe that, but like also with a movie like this, it's not a major blockbuster, a superhero, or a th- a, a thing that we're automatically going to go to like a star wars so So they suddenly have to basically show you the whole movie in the hopes that maybe you'll buy it on vod one day i feel like uh, the floor dropped out somewhere there
1: that was a problem i had with get out i one of my favorite movies of the year but i remember the trailer just really walking you hand in hand through the entire movie right up to the point that i think the last shot of the trailer is uh daniel kaluuya just like Stop. I haven't seen this movie. Just, uh, just You've doing never something seen great.
4: Get Out? No, <laughs> he's doing that, say, that what stuff. What am I about to say? Don't say it. Because I'm oh, still not spoiled on whatever this is, I know I need to see this movie. How like that's literally that. impossible. <laughs> I, I don't the,
1: know. Good, how job. That's <laughs> good job. Good job. Good job. Wow, imagine if you got ten months into this movie existing and then some I know, I jerk at a table right. was I know, like, "I keep going." They're on the moon the whole time. I mean, just to give
3: you an example, I was spoiled on last. week's Game of Thrones. They're on the moon before it even started. The whole season.
1: Yeah, it's pretty upsetting. Yeah. And just unnecessary.
3: But yeah, I feel like it's not so much the marketing department hates the, the movies. They don't know what to do with these movies anymore. And they have to suddenly make this thing a big success. Like you're working out mm-hmm. of a negative, like you at a deficit already.
0: It's yeah. But
2: it's not just the little movies. I mean, it's like how people give me flack for not watching Star Wars trailers. They're like, it doesn't spoil anything. I'm like, when it does.
0: Brian Johnson no and matter Hamill what, just came out and said, does. don't watch the trailers, they spoil episode eight. <laughs> Which is so messed up trailer. because,
3: because no. you don't need... Star Wars never needs to make another trailer, and we're all going to no, go see it no, in the just, theater.
0: Yeah. The name and the date we're all just there. a wedding
1: RSVP. Yeah, it's like <laughs> save much. the date, save the date, December twenty. A little mini
3: chocolate lightsaber just sent to everyone's Aww. home. Aww. Like, With a little note saying you, you're invited. I want that.
0: So that's everything I have to say about my movie. <laughs> <laughs> Who would like to go next?
2: <laughs> I'll go next, okay. just so that we can. All right, I'll be quiet and contain ourselves because you already got your yelling out. Did we get all our yelling out? I've never
3: gotten my yelling out.
2: That's what could
0: true. What
3: could make us all yell at each other before recording? <laughs>
2: Game Everything. of Thrones, oh. guys. Game of G-O-T, which is now auto-correcting from people writing out and other things on Facebook. Where they just, it just uh, assumes everyone's talking about Game of Thrones.
5: <laughs>
0: got. You can't write the word got without having all capitalized. <laughs> mein <God.
2: laughs> Uh, The latest episode. I don't believe it was as good as Emily thinks. Congrats. I don't believe it's as bad as Brian thinks.
3: Okay, so we're on the same page. I
2: had problems. I do have problems with the timeline. It's yeah. true. Oh, the it's the timeline's
4: garbage. It's just
2: cuz <laughs> one of the things that I did I did enjoy the meanderingness, Miranderingness of the previous seasons. Meandering? Meandering-ness. meanderingness. I can say that word, parent, or I can't. I don't know. Um Meandery. It takes time to get places. Westeros is supposed to be this big, vast thing of Seven Kingdoms, and people travel between them, and it takes time. And we got to see that before, but now they're on the t- uh, more of a crunch. They're like, all right, we only got eight episodes left. Everyone's got to get really fast. Gendry is now an Olympic sprinter. <laughs> and That's, like, That is
4: the least of the problems time was with that uh, episode. It's
2: just so, it's weird. Yeah. I it's a I self-imposed like timeline.
0: That's the problem. They yeah, crunched I don't themselves. Like it. They yeah, They chose this amount of episodes. It's, I got...
2: I'm more... More than I'm mad at the previous... More than mad at how they're writing it right now, I am mad at all the fans that have been complaining that the show moves too slowly. So now, they're like, all right, everyone will shut up about how slow everything's taking, so now we're gonna speed it up. And I'm, and now everyone's annoyed at how fast it's going. I'm like, well, this is what you asked oh. for, you assholes. And that's the thing, <laughs> is
3: like because then there are people like me in the middle who are like, no, it wasn't it was going a little too slow, but you don't have to go that fast. Maybe pick up the pace and make a thing yeah. happen instead of not but having that, anything happen that in that two seasons. Into, That's good for me.
2: Yeah. Mm. But that works into what Brian was saying where they feel like they're doing a little too much fan service at this point. And it is getting a little mm-hmm. glaring that they no longer have any source material. I don't know how much R R Martin's whispering in their ear and how much he's not. Well, we all um, know
0: he's not writing the book. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> fucker. <laughs> Personally, you're not, you're not I'm not looking be forward to the ending. I'm looking forward to tomorrow's or last week's more so uh, episode,
4: and I'm. I can't believe I'm John
0: died, be right? <laughs> oh,
4: I, I, I would have been I would have been okay with if that had ended before. I guess I won't spoil it before somebody shows up. Like if it had ended with them in peril, instead of like resolving it, because I was really fucking nervous. Yeah, and I would have been fine the end with ending. that. I would have been okay with cliffhanger the ending. If we had yet. had
2: the cliffhanger. And then Daenerys comes in with the dragon later. That would have been a better.
4: It would have been better.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Two more things. Uh, it's costumes. Troll porn I keep hearing about. <laughs> costumes. Fantastic. One of the greatest things oh, in this season I am loving is that all of the women look amazing. They do. They all look empowered. They all look like their clothing is totally reflecting who they are at a person and where they have become in the show, and it's just gorgeous uh i love one thing that i'm (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: john just got fingered
2: (laughs) (laughs) because i'm trying to finish it wasn't as good (laughs) i am disappointed that the show hasn't had any great lines the one Mm. line that they had was chaos is a ladder but that was a reference to a previous season season one yeah that's a line that had already been used and like last season we got a ton of lines like uh I forgot Tyrion's saying, I'll be like, I am wise, that's why I drink, or something like that. I drink that. and I know things. I drink and I know <laughs> things. We don't have any of that this season, which I think is another showcase well, that these writers are losing steam. This season we have... <laughs> yeah. That's
0: a dragon yell.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay, because yeah, right. there was at least yeah. three oh, people who did that.
2: I guess we do have that. Yeah, but that's, oh, no that's, no that's not as good. That's not as good. That's
1: just something that just keeps popping up. It's yeah. just like something that keeps being That's said, not going to look great, great on a, a t-shirt. yeah.
0: Depends on what club you're at. They're forcing
1: <laughs> it into a meme, and See? it's like yeah. that's not an interesting enough phrase. You need yeah, a picture of so, Amelia Clark. So I'm Clark. just
2: really worried about the writing right now. Yeah,
1: that's valid. Every time I see Daenerys, I just try to make sense of her braids. Like, I know she's Amazing. talking, but I'm just like, I need to follow. Th- it's that like a puzzle. It? It's Where like, it's like start? a tangled her up that's going to be a also, real bitch. I know. It's I love
3: that her outfit months. can change based off of the climate. I know. So she's got okay. her snow okay. outfit
4: Guys,
0: and her was... like rain outfit. <laughs> that's my like, one like, thing. We, we need to move on. We need so, to uh, move on. I uh, did my point, so i know. We need to keep going. We have a whole battle today.
4: Okay.
1: The Battle right. of the Bastards.
4: <laughs> I will. I, I will talk about. I've started watching Star Wars: Clone Wars. Not the because a lot of people don't know there are actually two Star Wars: Clone Wars. The good ones.
0: one or the three D one?
4: Uh, well, I've already seen the good one multiple Pre-Disney times. Disney. Okay. I have that. Disney. one I own that one. Um, but I started watching the newer one. Um, and it's interesting though. I. I mean, I'm. I'm watching it. I know it. It, it started airing. Like this is the yeah. This is a three D one. Um, and I. I do respect that they're not trying to make us like Anakin it's sort of like Anakin's done you hate him already it's more like watching Ahsoka be like hey Anakin uh, stop being an asshole and he's just like oh right 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 right. I'm not supposed to be an asshole okay yeah but Uh, what if I was an
3: asshole (laughs)
0: later
4: later later, I'm definitely gonna kill everybody okay yeah for sure
3: younglings watch out
0: (laughs) Um,
4: are are you
0: enjoying the show because I was really hit and miss on it
4: Okay, so far I kind of like it. I like that we're following stormtroopers or yeah. clones. I guess they're clones now. I like that we're get like I do like the speech that Yoda gives in the first episode where he's like, "They're like, oh, we're just clones," and he's like, "Wait, yeah, but you're three unique people." And uh, that the sort first of st- episode's great. Yeah, first episode's really good. And um, I'm not that far in. I'm still in season one. Well, but...
0: eventually they, they bring in for one episode Darth Bane, who's my favorite character in I've all heard, of Star I've Wars. Heard. So because he's in that, he is now officially canon, and that just warmed my heart.
4: Yeah, I, I've heard that he's in that. Uh, I'm looking – like, the reason I started watching is just because so many of my friends keep referring to things from that series. And I um and so I was like, well, I should watch this. And then somebody asked me to make him an Ahsoka bow, uh, hair bow. And I was just like, oh, well, I don't really – I mean, I know what she looks like, but I don't really know anything about her. So I was like, I'll watch this episode and see what she's all about. And not I'm, – yeah. I'm cool.
3: Into it. cool. Cool, cool. Uh, so I, I finished – all of iZombie on Netflix finally. Finish yes. seasons two and three. I didn't watch three yet. Okay.
4: Then everyone to, well, is <laughs> a zombie. <laughs>
2: in in the, a... Everyone yeah. everyone. I, I, was... I still left off on when they were they killed um Matchbox Twenty guy. Oh that was so funny.
0: <laughs> uh
1: there's Ice Dragons. Wait, Rob Thomas is... Yes.
2: Oh, heavy. the, oh my the God. finale of season
5: yes. two
3: is amazing.
4: It's so, so good. Epic. Do you have any interest in the show?
2: But Now I do. Okay. Okay. Rob but I
4: won't ruin what it happens. So <laughs> well, Rob Thomas is the creator did of the I? show. <laughs> <laughs> and He's always getting confused with Rob Thomas, the singer. Oh, because
1: that's the gentleman who did Veronica Mars. Yes. And, oh. partied, and Party Down. And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So
4: Rob Thomas really, enjoys the joke. Oh music, my God. Matchbox 20, Rob Thomas. The oh finale my God. for
2: season two is so satisfying. And I was waiting for season three to be done to just uh, stream it later. And I haven't yeah. gotten to it yet. Oh, damn.
1: Yeah, no, it, so is it
3: good? Yeah, it's, it's good. It, um, I w- maybe it's just because I binged it. But it was losing some steam for me in season three. Um, just maybe because I was watching like three or four episodes a night and losing sleep. But it's still fun. And I like that it's a show that has stakes where things that happen like don't necessarily revert back. Or if they do, they revert back but kind of different. So it's like that ne- you can never go home thing. Where it's like, you've you've come back to the status quo, but man, the status quo is now different. Yeah. And I like that. I like how the characters are evolving. And the show is just so cheeky and funny, and the characters are really likable. And I I can't wait for season four or whatever to get on to Netflix. They did such a well, great job. Well, in your and- downtime, watch Power Rangers RPM.
4: Yeah. I still miss Lowell. <laughs> uh, That's the British guy. Oh, She wait. fucked that British guy for a while, and he was in love with her, and then he died oh, for her. Huh. I was so nervous Sorry, about her co-worker. That. <sighs> I thought you... No, the the British guy who was King Arthur on Merlin? God, does no one else but me care about Lul? No. <laughs> Apparently, Why man. You John's guys, talking about
0: how he just watched two seasons. I'm he's still like really upset who? about
4: his death. Ooh. Like really upset. Wait, was
2: he the rocker guy who sacrificed himself? Yes. Oh, he was nice. He was amazing. <laughs> but I like the beefcake as her boyfriend more. Um, he's that's just
4: nice. kind of funny. Yeah. He's, he's oh. grown on me, but <laughs> Eric yeah. is just like I, I gotta know. start watching this show. So I, can, <laughs> I can ship all these hot British
1: people.
2: But like,
5: people. <laughs> and, you know, that
3: one, that's one nice thing is like everyone is even more attractive in season three. So if you are hottest zombies <laughs>
5: This is all I ask from TV shows that like, everyone gets better looking That is <laughs> from like CW season. Even like even the
3: like the, the quote unquote villains are just so oozing with attractiveness mm, and yeah. beefcakeyness I'm just like it's great. This is a, this is a you know a, a fun thing to watch just for that I could watch these people on mute
1: Nice Um, I guess really quickly, I would just like to say I watched the new Death Note movie on Netflix yesterday. Is that already out? Yeah, it came out yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know it's got, you know, the the controversy around it and things like that, so I won't really touch that. And, you know, it's certainly an imperfect movie, but the reason why I would recommend it is because uh, Lakeith Stanfield is so awesome and so strange in that movie. He is just taking a small role and doing such fascinating things with his performance. He's this kind of... He's a a detective who's, you know, following this trail of strange freak deaths. Yeah. So I'm not familiar with the uh, anime or the manga. It's not really in my wheelhouse. So I was able to watch it, you know, without a lot of reference to the source material. And I know that's part of what's controversial about this movie is that it seems to do away with a lot of that source material in a kind of disrespectful way. Um, So if that's, you know, something that's going to impede your enjoyment of the movie, maybe avoid that. But... I think Lakeith Stanfield's one of the coolest and most interesting actors working right now, and this is definitely a case for that. He is eccentric, and the way that he delivers lines is very manic, but also very compelling. And he reminds me of how in Mark Ruffalo's like early career, pretty much every role that he had had some kind of weird characterization to it, some weird visual cue or tick or something that was just thoughtful in a way that a lot of actors I, I think tend to skip over in their process so I would say watch it for Lakee Stanfield um he is I think far and away the best part of the movie and then go watch him in Atlanta because <laughs> he's the best part of that show too in fact he's the best part of everything he does so just IMDB Lakee Stanfield and <laughs> get to work god damn it
0: uh, do you know how closely uh, does it follow it to the end of the manga? Or does it end, do you know, have you read anything? You know, like I,
1: I couldn't say because okay. it's, it's completely out of my um, reference point. But, you know, it ended in a way that I thought was mm, kind of dissatisfying. I wouldn't be surprised if, if yeah. it had the same ending as the manga, if the manga delivered it maybe a little more satisfyingly. So
0: I've only read a little bit of it. I watched the whole show mm. and the ending
1: of the show gets real blah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some dark things in the movie, that, and I was kind of glad they didn't pull any punches, but mm, I think the real reason to see it is to just get excited about Lakeith Stanfield on the scene, because that dude is next level. I will have to watch it, just out of sheer curiosity. Uh, but that's everybody, right?
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so I think it's time to start our 200th episode. <laughs> yes. woo 200. We've been doing this for about five years, and we did 200 episodes. We <sighs> skipped a few weeks. Um <laughs>
4: Where's, well,
2: the, re- where's our cake? I
0: got, got donuts.
4: There's a the bunch of
1: little cakes,
0: and, yeah, our, I spent way too much money on donuts.
4: They were delicious. Thank you. Voodoo donuts I, yeah, thanks, <laughs> Brian. Yeah. Voodoo not everybody donuts. at this table appreciates yeah, your donuts. John's still like crying in
1: his
2: donut. <laughs> John, John could not handle his donut. His donut is <laughs> bonkers. I has want to eat the rest of my donut, but my stomach is also saying no.
4: I i both of your donuts. I'm waiting. I'm waiting.
2: I'm
3: waiting until the episode's done. Then I'm going to bid farewell to this mortal coil. And eat the rest of my donut. He died doing what he loved. (laughs) Oh,
0: man.
4: Eating Froot Loops on a donut. (laughs) I didn't even know it was possible.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right, so for today's 200th episode, I mentioned it last week. Uh, So for dialing back just a little bit, taking a step back 100 episodes ago, uh, we did my favorite movie of all time, which I just saw yesterday in theaters, uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which is, um, I'm sorry for everybody at the table, it's still the best movie ever made.
4: Don't apologize to me. Leave me out of that.
0: I'm just saying, you have to defend a different movie. I know.
4: yeah, Brian, guys, Brian wouldn't let me defend Terminator 2 today.
0: Because we've already talked about it. I know. And That's it's gay. playing to the judge. I wasn't here then. Yeah, and it's playing to the judge, for sure. Um, <laughs> so I figured for our 200th episode, we'll do everybody else's favorite movies. And then, because I'm an asshole, I'll make just one of them in the winter. And everybody else has to argue about it. And I'll be the judge. So this is going to work out great for me and nobody else. <laughs> um, Fun. <laughs> yeah. We're
4: all going to be... It's been like War of the Roses. At the end of the movie, we're all going to be lying dead on the floor. And I'll
0: be watching one of the four movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just your feet kicked
1: up on one of our corpses. Yeah, like a yeah. footstool. I'll just put you into a pile and yeah. then I'll just have a good footstool. Yeah, like a love th- sack yeah. or something. Yeah, they were perfect.
3: Yeah. Well, sometimes. to be fair, I would make a good ottoman. <laughs>
4: Especially with all that Fruit Loop donut in there. Oh, yeah. It'd be, it'd, be a, it'd be a cushy ottoman. <laughs> oh,
3: man, I hate uh. myself now. <laughs> oh,
1: no! Just eat more of that donut. Yeah, you'll it, feel better.
3: will make it, yeah. yeah. It'll, that's yeah. my sad donut.
0: I Sugar makes it. you feel good. It's a science.
1: Oh. Yeah, science fact.
3: Science I love.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for today we have uh, I'll name them all. We have Eric doing uh, Barton Fink. Mm-hmm. Emily's doing In Bruges. John is doing Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That's the full title correct? Yep. I just always call it Scott Pilgrim. Yep. Uh, and then Chewy's doing. What is it's some indie movie from the seventies?
2: You're not wrong. Uh,
0: has a big talking bear in it. Chewy went way against type and picked Star Wars.
5: Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a funny sentence that you just said
5: I
2: mean, on many if I, levels. If I pink pick anything else, it would just be like, why?
0: It's true. I almost—I was so close to saying Chewy can pick any movie but Star Wars because we've already wholly, already done a whole movie on whole episode on Star Wars. Oh wait, so but,
4: she, I can't pick Terminator Two, but she can pick Star Wars. Oh, but I see how it is. when
0: we did Star oh, Wars, we did all six movies in one episode. Yeah. We didn't just talk about one of them. Which, right. And the guy who got Star Wars did a terrible job. Fuck Tony. Uh, oh oh, oh fuck right. Tony.
3: Uh, that's a callback. Oh. Previously a on After the Hypes Thrones. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Did you see to the hype throne? <laughs> nice. Yes, I did. Spoiler was alert. It?
2: God, <laughs> <laughs> Who is Tony and why should I fuck him? <laughs> just, just say fuck Tony.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah fuck Tony. <laughs> I feel really coerced into this.
2: <laughs> Tony
1: knows you said it. <gasps> <gasps> I'm sorry, whoever you are.
2: <laughs> Tony. Don't the, be That's sorry. the funniest <laughs> thing is he's one of the guys that went to Columbia with us. Man, that,
1: that school was a hedge maze. It was. There's so many people that are like, yo, I went to uh, Columbia the same time as you. And I'm just like, I love the thing I've where it's like, never seen you before <laughs> in my life.
3: Right, right. I like where people are like, oh, you went to Columbia? Did you know so-and-so? And they give me first, middle, and last name. And I'm like, no. It's a hedge maze. number.
4: Does everyone but me who comes on this podcast go to Columbia? No, no, we it's just, just been a trend. No, a lot of just, Columbia. Oh. It's the same shit all. On my last podcast, I was like the only person who was not Jewish and from New York on every episode. <laughs> and here I am, the only one who's not from Colombia.
2: We can convert you to being Jewish, but <laughs> I yeah. can't make you live in New York. And if you
1: have like two hundred thousand spare dollars, you can just go to Colombia.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they take everyone.
2: They do. <laughs> they they do. do. They don't. The enrollment is not hard.
1: If if I had known that when I
3: wrote the little "Let Me In" paper that they wanted you to, do, I would have been just like "Let Me In." I would have yeah. saved myself.
0: I would have been two
2: pages, but <laughs> just fart on repeat. Yeah.
3: They'd
0: be like, "Wow, creative! Here's a scholarship. This person's <laughs> going to create change."
5: <laughs>
0: Columbia jokes.
5: <laughs>
0: I'm in. There. Anyhow, about our 200th Aww. episode. Uh, who would like to go first? Me. Eric gets to go first. All right. So, Eric, if uh, if you did not read the email, which I think you did because you replied to it. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> <Nope. Yeah. laughs> might have been my intern
3: <laughs> read receipt
0: uh, so you have five minutes to state your case and why you have the best movie on the table after that we're going to take five minutes where I'll ask you questions people around the table will tell you why you're wrong um, hopefully <laughs> sometimes the people around the table will get a little nice and they're just like no he's right it's a good movie and then it you know, really falls apart for everybody else as your movie would win um, <gasps> so we're going to hope that doesn't happen and everyone can be a real asshole today
2: oh uh, oh, I can be an asshole <laughs>
0: Well, let's hope she holds to that statement. (laughs) So five minutes on why Barton Fink is the best movie on the table. Eric, you ready?
1: I'm ready. Let her rip. I think this is the best example of why the Coen brothers are the best filmmakers working right now. Because for one thing, it's just a mastery of all the different tools in the toolbox of filmmaking. You've got perfect music from Carter Burwell. Roger Deakins' cinematography is just jaw-on-the-floor gorgeous. I also just think that this is a movie that grows with me. You know, there's a lot of movies that I was into as like a teenager that now I try to go back to, and it's like trying to read a different language or something. And it's like I can't fathom what I liked about it. But Barton Fink is ambiguous enough and odd enough that it always strikes me as a different movie every time I watch it, and I watch it about once a year. And, you know, as like a pretentious little brat screenwriter, college student, I was like, wow, well, I'm so like Barton Fink sometimes. And now I watch it and I'm like, oh, I kind of relate to John Goodman more. Just like barely bridled rage and like nodding along with some egotistical jerk as as he's just prattling on. And I'm like, yeah, you've got strong opinions about this. Good for you. You know, like, but the point being that I think what's great about Barton Fink and what makes it a movie that grows with me as I'm getting older and as I'm changing as a person is that it's just a movie that allows permission to be weird as a storyteller. You know, it throws pretty much all conventional wisdom about how to tell a story for movies like screenwriting craft out the window while still telling a really powerful story and still conveying interesting messages, interesting ideas and a tone that is, I think really singular to this movie. So I love that this is a movie that is just both self-loathing and hates movies and hates writers (coughs) and is also itself a great celebration for what's special about writing, what's special about movies. It gets to somehow do everything at once, and instead of it being this paradox that you can't approach, it's warm in a weird way, it's very disturbing, certainly, but it's also so funny, and every scene of this movie could be a standalone short film, I... It's hard to say that anything in this movie makes a ton of sense at the end of it, but I also love that I couldn't find a single line or a single moment that I would cut out of the film. So to me, this is just the epitome of letting your freak flag fly as a fan of movies, stories, actors, writing, all of the above. And uh, I'm just so stoked that every time I watch it, it just feels like a different movie that's still made just for me.
0: All right. Uh, you still have two minutes if you want to add anything else to it. if you <laughs> and don't,
1: another thing.
0: you can forego those last two minutes. If
1: well, ready. I do think that you know, I, I can just talk about John Goodman for the last two minutes alone. I mean, that yep. dude is I have decided after watching this again yesterday, that man is one of the best actors who's ever lived. Like the sh- like underrated doesn't begin to cover it for this man. This is someone who has done drama, pathos, comedy slapstick wit I mean this is somebody who is all in every time he walks up to the plate and I got weirdly emotional watching it this time because I found myself siding with uh, John Goodman's character so much and you know spoiler alert for a you know decades old movie but uh, he turns out to be this uh, total psychopath a, a serial killer who lives in this hotel alongside Barton Fink a playwright who has come out to Hollywood to try to become a screenwriter. And the joke is, of course, that Barton Fink is kind of a shitty writer because he is stuck in his own head and he doesn't listen to people. And this whole time, this interesting serial killer who's posing as an insurance salesman is sitting on his bed saying, Oh, I've got some stories I could tell you. And Barton Fink's like, Yeah, exactly. And I'm the man to tell them to the world. And I was just like, Wow, I've been there, serial killer. Or I'm like, God, I need to be heard. I need to get my voice out there. And everybody around me is like, yeah, you're right. You should be heard. And another thing about me. <laughs> and for some reason, like, that was the thing that really struck me about that this time. And who on planet Earth could make a lunatic, psychopath, serial killer more just, like, huggable than John Goodman? You know, like, even in recent memory. He's done Uh, a lot. Yeah, for sure. He's, like, such a scary dude. But it's also like, God, I just want to give him a a teddy bear squeeze. Like, look at Cloverfield Lane, you know? It's, like, it's so hard to hate this villainous, horrible man. Because he's John fucking Goodman. Oh,
2: I hated him in... Cloverfield Lane, like he made me my skin crawl.
1: Oh, me too, and yet by the end of it I was like, "Oh, don't don't leave him. He's a, he's a teddy bear." I know that's it's a problematic read. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to sympathize with the monster, but I'm just saying like John Goodman can take the most cliche thing in the world, the most like underwritten villain and make him so fully embodied and it's so exciting to watch the best performance from one of the best actors.
0: There it is. Whew. Oh, you weren't kidding. You did have full two minutes of John Goodman. I had approximately <laughs> yeah. two minutes. I don't have any other thoughts about John Goodman. Right? This is actually the
1: only movie I've seen him in. This and Cloverfield. Uh, all
0: right, so, so five minutes to say why it isn't as good of a movie. Now, the only thing that I can usually come up with for Coen Brothers movies, uh, obviously they're the one of two directors that I actually own books about, so uh, it's a deck <laughs> is know. a little stacked in your favor, which we're going to work against. Uh, the ending Coen brothers have en- ending problems, uh, either you can agree with that or disagree with that, but they definitely have very distinct Coen brother endings.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think happened at the end? At the end, I think he is in a hell of his own creation, you know, like the thing that every writer and every creative can make better than anybody, other, any other type of person on earth is their own worst nightmare, you know, and I think that the end of this movie is an embodiment of that where he has drank his own Kool-Aid, so to speak, he's, he's uh, let his own ego, his own head win, and now he's going to be stuck in this purgatory of a Los Angeles uh, perhaps for the rest of his life.
0: Okay, so that's existentially what happened, but what happens literally at the end on the beach when he's seeing the girl from, like, what do you think is actually going on story-wise?
1: Oh, I think he just sits there and he meets uh, a woman who looks a lot like a woman that is in a framed painting, Uh, (laughs) you know, because hashtag coincidences. And then it's got this fantastic last line where where because she's so beautiful, he says, oh, are you in pictures? And she just looks at him like he's an idiot and says, don't be silly. Which is, of course, a punchline because this man's life has been destroyed basically in the name of movies. Not to mention, other people have been murdered in this like hotel for, for wanderers through Los Angeles. But and she just goes, No, why would anyone waste their time <laughs> with movies? Which is just like a, such a fantastic, like, fuck you ending in many ways. It is, yeah. Uh, uh
2: the to break your movie down a little bit and be like. It is a great movie. Don't get me wrong, but it is a movie about writing. It's mm. a movie about writing movies. It's an industry film, essentially. Mm. And on level of like interest and impact in cinema for that for other people, you lose a lot of people. You're already losing people because it's period. You're losing people because it's Coen's, because there's a lot of people that don't like their movies. Uh, and then you're losing people because it's about making movies. So there's a lot stacked against it with uh, just it being an important film for the masses or whatnot. Uh and he's very up his own ass. I mean, you talked about that, but sometimes when watching this movie, I'm just cringing. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, he's like a 19-year-old that's going into film school and thinks he's going to
4: change the world. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why I couldn't I couldn't finish Martin Fink. I, I watched a little bit of it, and I don't know how far I got, but I was just like, it's so self-indulgent. It's so, It's so insider trading. It's so like, yeah, exactly all those things you just said. And I have a lot of trouble with movies about screenwriters in general because it does feel so like aren't we the center of everything and um so i don't know i mean so in fairness i haven't seen the whole movie but it's because i lost interest for that very reason
2: (laughs) one of my favorite things about the industry though is every department thinks they're the most important part
3: and they're all right (laughs) 100 percent right how can
2: you have this without my script well how can you have your script without my shooting how can you have it without me putting stuff in frame how can you have it without an actor (laughs) right Yes.
1: How can you do this without uh, Fruit Loops and Cocoa Puffs on a table <laughs> <keyboard laughs> in the corner? Uh. No, it's valid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, if I if you don't have an editor, nothing's happening with any of it.
0: <laughs> I mean, they're all kind of right.
4: <laughs> I
0: was joking in the beginning, but, you know.
4: They so are that's, what, that's actually what I love about they filmmaking, is the roles. fact that everybody works together as a team and really nobody's more important. Um, than, like that. Everybody's needed to get it done. I do love that. But that's what I love about filmmaking. This is right. about... The writing, at. like, this is yeah. about that. This isn't about, like, the teamwork. This is about one dude being like, me, me, me. You know? Honestly, though, the one part of this film
2: that I wish they had, I mean, it's very much Barton Fink. It's called Barton Fink, so right. we're with him the whole time. If we could have strayed off a little bit and hung out with that uh, producer.
1: Oh, Tony Shaloub.
2: Yeah. Uh, just, like, especially when he's, you know, like, we're at war now with the Japs. And oh, like, yeah. This man seems fascinating. Oh, the... I the, want to spend time with him.
1: The exec? The, the guy exec, who, Oh, sorry. yeah, Michael Lerner. He was nominated for an Oscar for
2: I that. want yeah. a... I want deserved a it. <laughs> movie. Oh, very much so, yeah. I want a spinoff movie about... Because like, we already got A Day in the Life, kind of, when they did uh, Hail Caesar. Oh, so yeah. can we just do another one, but that's on a good that call. character? Yeah, because they
1: both take place in uh, Capital <coughs> Pictures. That's yeah. one thing that uh, a lot of people didn't catch about *Hail Caesar*, but I did because I watched Barton Fink too much. <laughs> they both take place for the same motion picture. It's a studios. very
2: different character, like a. Oh yeah, to say *Hail Caesar* yeah. is much more like a a, a common man. Yeah, for not sure. the crazy exec. <laughs> yeah, not this absolute. But I want to see a movie about the crazy exec.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So that's everything on Barton Fink.
1: Also, it is really worth saying that uh, Emily, you probably would not be able to guess where the second half of that movie went okay. if you, <laughs> Maybe if you I'll were try to, to watch guess. it
4: again, and I'll just power through the first one.
1: I, I even if you just start at the midway point, you might okay. be pleasantly surprised. At the... Watching
2: Barton Fink go mad is pretty satisfying.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the Coens hate their characters, like nine right. out of ten of them, with the exception yeah. of like Marge from Fargo and some other examples. Like, the Coens create characters to punish. He, they create like Grimm's fairy tale cautionary tales. Yeah. Like, it's that's just it, is that it? it's all intentional. Like, yeah, he's horrible and he's awful and hard to watch, but it's all there with, you know, purpose and intention behind it. IMO. So I will let you pick who goes next. I'm going to choose uh, Emily.
4: Okay.
0: So, Emily, you get five minutes on why In Bruges is your favorite movie of all time.
4: Done. Go! Okay, so I saw this movie in the theater when it came out, and on the drive home, all I could think was, I am garbage. I am the worst <laughs> screenwriter in the history of everything because this movie is so great, and I'll never be that good. But I made it my mission in life to like try to be as good as this film is. And and I went home and immediately started a rewrite on my latest project, like inspired by this film, because In Bruges is about... Two, we don't know their are hitmen at first, but there are hints. Two hitmen who are hiding out in in Bruges, in Belgium, and we don't know why for a while, and then we find out why, and then the entire movie changes. This script is tighter than a virgin on prom night, guys. This is <gasps> like...
2: Wait, wouldn't, it, they, wouldn't she be loose on prom night?
0: Not, well, I, not the beginning of the night. No. Yeah. <laughs> Does that but
4: count against my five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just five keep going. Just right? keep going. <laughs> okay. So it's it, everything that happens in this in the in the beginning of the movie comes back around again to have an impact, and that's for a purpose because this film is very much about um, living with the consequences of the mistakes you've made and the horrible things you've done, and being forced to confront them, and you can't get rid of them. You're stuck in Bruges, you know, like Bruges represents. Um, the mistakes you've made Bruce represents this life. You now have to live because of the things that you've done. So everything he's every asshole thing that Colin Farrell's character says at the beginning of the movie comes back to have a consequence at the end of the movie. Even he he's rude to a fat guy that comes back. He he punches a guy in the face that comes back every, even little things he says all come back. And, and it's just this cyclical thing because he made a huge, huge mistake. And he can't, he doesn't know how to live with himself. They talk about suicide. They talk about, like, just about hell, the idea of heaven and hell. About con- It's all about consequences, even to the point where the script itself, it, it like, every action has a consequence, and it and it carries over the theme. Um, and I just find it so elegant and so beautiful in the way that it's written. Not to mention, it's, it's funny because when it came out, it, it, it's still billed as a comedy. Eh. I mean, I think if you watch it the first time, the first half of the movie is a comedy. But once you find out what he did and you watch it again, it's not a comedy anymore. It's looks like an action movie. There's only really one action sequence in it. It's not really an action movie. It's kind of a drama, but it's really funny in places. Um, so it's not really a drama. It sort of defies definition. And, and I find that it just does its, it does what it does so well because Martin McDonough is a phenomenal writer. He's a playwright. Um. And he won the Academy Award for Best Short Film for a film called Six Shooter, which is very similar in nature to this, a lot more violent, and also has Brendan Gleeson in it. Um, and then he went on to make this, and he went on to make Seven Psychopaths, which I also enjoyed, but wasn't as good as this movie. Um, because I just feel like in Bruges makes me feel like that is is just brilliant writing, and and the visuals are amazing. Just everything that is that is this movie. He really made use of the of the town. And there's a moment where we, right after we find out what Colin Farrell's character did, uh, Ray. right after we find out what Ray did, we cut to a painting of people being tortured in hell. Um, and the minute before that, right before we found out what Ray did, it was really funny. We were laughing. We were having a good time. La 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 la. And then you're like, oh, fuck. And then we cut to hell. And then you cut to Ray. And the way you feel about Ray in that moment is hundred and eighty degrees away from the way you felt about him before you found out what he did. And it's just beautiful in in everything that it accomplishes. But it makes you laugh. There's also like one badass lady in that movie who's pregnant. Um, there's another like I don't like her very much lady in that movie, but whatever, she's the love interest. Um, but she's kind of a horrible person. Um and there's just it's funny too because like dude Ray Fiennes is fucking hilarious in this movie. He there's a, there's a line where he like he's screaming he's mad at his phone and he smashes it and he's yelling at it and his wife comes in and she's like it's an animate fucking object Harry and he goes you're an inanimate fucking object and then later on you see him go I'm I'm sorry I called you an animate fucking object and I just it's little everybody feels it's like Die Hard the way that Die Hard every character has their own identity even the minor ones in this movie as well every character has a, we only see that woman one time but she gets us a, a cool uh, she gets us a cool line so I love it and that's what I have to say about that
0: you have about 20 seconds left you want to get that 20 seconds back from that Chewie stole from you can uh, you
3: talk about uh, John Goodman for 20 seconds
4: <laughs> can you talk about
1: Virgins on Prom Night for 20 seconds <laughs> 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 it's a loose subject
0: oh. 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 Ew! <laughs> I'm gonna call it. <laughs>
4: Emily didn't say anything in those twenty seconds. <laughs> no, I was just enjoying uh this. Uh,
0: enjoying might be the wrong word. Enjoying just. Life. Uh, all right. So five minutes on why Emily is wrong.
4: God, I didn't even talk about racist midgets.
0: Uh, that's where I was gonna go. Uh, <laughs> I was seeing uh who was the uh the little person in this.
4: Oh shit! What's his name? I don't I don't know the actor's name.
1: I've never seen him anything but this. I, I know. I, I didn't. Don't like I
4: could have either. sworn
0: he's been in other stuff. But I mean, I wouldn't forget. be
1: surprised. But I couldn't place
4: him. He I can't remember. Great. He's great. He's so crabby. He
0: is. He's a little bitch. Um, but in the best way possible. Yeah. So okay, the move The movie. When I saw it, it was a real kind of left turn because I didn't expect. I thought it was going to be a very funny movie, and it is, but
4: it's really I think the not. The advertising was off.
1: The trailer for this is famously horrible. Oh yeah, they it's didn't know a, what to do with it. It's an yeah. embarrassing trailer to watch. Yeah,
0: it, it's a rough watch. But the the question that I have, uh, is because it's such a jack of all trades. Like, how would you recommend this to somebody? Like, how how does like, Eric's movie? You can just recommend. Yeah. Oh, you're a fan of writing, you're a fan of movies. You can watch this one. What audience is this thing going for?
4: Me. Um, <laughs> I think if you're someone who uh, likes your action to have subtext, like you really enjoy...
0: But you said it's not an action movie.
4: Wait, that's, but that doesn't... You said, who do I recommend it for? Fair, okay. Um, I think if you're someone who likes to watch fight scenes and likes that kind of film, not Transformers, but something more like Terminator 2, something more like a movie with an action sequence um, that, that is about something has meaning and has depth so maybe you're somebody who likes action movies but you don't really like the the big budgety shit so much um that's who i'd recommend it for because this movie feels actiony even if it's not um but it has meaning to it it's really thoughtful okay so I don't know how big a pool of people that is. <laughs> it has me in it. I know that much.
0: Uh, and the other one I was going to ask you is that uh, this one's just going, pulling from our show. So in Free Fire, you mentioned you don't like rooting for people who are like completely dislikable, whereas everyone in this movie is completely dislikable.
4: I think they're only dislikable. I, th- I think I think when you talk about antiheroes, you're talking like you have to give some someone becomes immediately likable within their sphere. So like Harry, way worse than Ray. You hate Harry and Harry's an asshole, but other people like Ray. Like um uh Brendan Gleeson Ken. Ken's character, Ken likes Ray. The pregnant lady likes Ray, and he's so sweet and innocent at times and you see him break down. Like you see that this what he did really affects him. Like he feels guilty he didn't mean to do this. So I think he's 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 an asshole, but he's like a redeemable asshole. He's someone who just needs some guidance, and that's why Ken decides to be that guidance for him. Um and he's not and, and there are worse people around him to make him look better
3: okay uh, anybody else uh for me this this movie uh, leaves me a little cold for maybe the reason why it made you feel like inspired to write there's a sense of this is very written, a very written movie. and when I first saw this movie, I didn't quite get that, but then going to Seven Psychopaths and then coming back to this, it was just like I kind of saw the tricks the like the writing tricks, some of the more writerly moments that feel you Know a little bit not forced, Force forced isn't the right word, but kind of like, mm, yeah, I know, I know you're you're ty- you're typing this out and very kind of constructed. Um, and I think the twist saves it, but it's also, yeah, it makes it a disjointed movie too. So there, there's a lot of things kind of that work and also kind of work against it, I think, for me.
2: However, much I enjoy this film, I've always wondered why exactly, um, Ray's Colin Farrell and Ken is the older guy mm-hmm. that's with him. Morning, I understand they he has like a fatherly thing to him, but the level of sacrifice he's willing to give for Ray is like intense. His life. <laughs> like
4: what? Well, he's already been shot at that point.
2: He, he could have survived. I got yeah, better. I, I think he would have <laughs> yeah. been, I think he would have been okay uh, if he hadn't. To yeah, jump. but Harry
4: is determined to kill him. Like I, I yeah. think he realizes he's dying. He, but, but, but he does. I think, I think it's because again, the theme of, Dealing with the consequences of the decision you made. He's also a hitman. He's also killed people, and mm-hmm. he feels he was responsible for Ray, and he failed.
2: Does he feel like he killed the kid because of a, he didn't manage? Ray I don't better, think he feels like or? he killed him,
4: but I feel like he thinks he's responsible if he had done something differently. Like, and he plus he's been here all this time. He's seen how Ray is suffering. He's seen how he cried. But why he's, would a
2: hitman care about another hitman
4: suffering human that being.
2: much? They're still human beings.
4: I think that's, and that's the point, is these two guys have done these horrible things, but at at heart, they're just still people.
2: But but they're still a a good guy?
4: (laughs) I don't know about that. It's all, it's context. Brian's
2: laughing because that's my argument against a lot of people right now. Uh, Whenever some some guy does something terrible and then their argument is, but he's a really good guy. I don't
4: think (laughs) Imbrugia is trying to say either of these two dudes is a good guy. That's it.
0: That's
4: it. (laughs) Let's explain why Brian laughs laughs so loudly. (laughs) It was a good one.
0: Uh, So I looked up uh, the little person in this movie and I, I realized what I remembered him from and then I'm a little embarrassed. Huh. He played the giant bag of weed, and Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. <laughs> <laughs> He's also one of like six actors credited as Howard the Duck and Howard the Duck. Oh man, <laughs> I'd be like, cranky too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. But there's like a bunch of them on there. No, he
2: was that old.
0: Uh, I don't think he is. I don't know why, but there's like it's literally there's four or five people on IMDb who are credited as Howard T. Duck.
2: Maybe that's just a joke in the. Little people action community. Yeah, well, we're,
0: we're all Howard the Duck. Fuck <laughs> <you>. <laughs> oh, it's like, no, I'm Spartacus. Yeah, I was gonna say. It's
1: just like, oh, that movie bombed. Who played Howard the Duck? And just a thousand little people will stand up. We're all Howard the Duck.
3: It's a great tactic too, because now suddenly I feel bad. Yeah. I feel bad. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I disparaged you. You guys must have tried really hard. It,
1: it must have been really hot in that duck suit. Yeah, yeah.
3: God. Big effort, you guys. Big effort.
0: There is a movie in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fantastic. A little
4: <laughs>
3: Copyright after the hype.
4: <laughs>
0: uh, okay, so Emily, you get to pick who goes next. Uh,
4: let's let's save Star Wars for last. Let's go with John next.
0: All right. All right, John. Oh, cool. Scott Pilgrim and the World.
3: Bleep bloop. Let's do A.K.A. It. versus the world. Versus the world. All right, you ready to go? Yeah. yeah. Alright, five minutes. So I have a lot of favorite movies and they've all changed over the years and one of the most difficult questions I ever get asked is what is your favorite movie? And that's always different. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, no, but it makes me spend some time thinking about what really stands out to me in movies. What for me is like the best movie and what those rules are. And in this case, it's actually a good exercise to kind of put this against other movies I like. And a lot of this boils down to connective tissue for me in this movie. Um, Probably the most surface-level and obvious stuff is the editing. As an editor, I've come to, I've grown to like lots of construction, in a way of just like style cuts, cutaways, text over things. Those little things like are pleasing for me to watch on every level up in the brain. It just fires off all those like I love this thing, and that's you know a very surface-level thing, and not a lot of movies have that. They're content to just go scene to scene to scene, some transitions. This is more like they could be walking and the conversation is the bridge in the scene now, but suddenly they're in two different places and I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. It just fires off that for me. Um, On a, you know, slightly deeper level than that. As a person who likes video games, uh, this speaks my language. And when I watch a movie that I would consider my favorite, there's a comfort level, like how you would, you know, consume comfort food. Um, So I'm watching this and there's bleeps and bloops in the background that I'm like, I'm familiar with those sounds. They might not be exactly attributed to, like, one particular game. But those 8-bit sounds in the background kind of texturing the movie, I'm just like, oh, this this takes me back to a time when that was the soundtrack of my youth. You know, these, like, limitations in hardware back in the day when you're fighting the Goombas as Mario or, you know, you're fighting Ganon as Link. Like, those sounds are all there, kind of textured. So, like, on that level, it's a a... It speaks my language, and it does so in a way that actually manages to tell a story. And it's not just about those bleeps and bloops. That's just the mechanism that the story is being told in. So, of course, these guys are going to fight with a versus sign. Of course, they're going to go all Street Fighter. Of course, they're going to go anime. All these little things that I've just grown up liking and consuming, of course, this movie is going to do that. And it manages to do it without feeling pandering in the today kind of sense of pandering, or it's like there is an element of that pandering but this movie is like still interested in telling this story of this fun gimmick of the evil exes um and so like i, I really kind of attached to that and it it's usually kind of a, like oh this is this is my movie i've even written about it how it defines me um and this movie uh going back to slightly surface level is so quotable and to the point where i quote it sometimes and don't realize it i actually started writing down the quotes of the movie as they were happening and i was like oh, shoot, I, I say that, or I think that, or I respond to situations with that. Uh, the bread makes you fat line, where he freaks out about that. i was like, oh, that's funny. But then you've got things like, oh, what do you play? It's like, well, uh, Zelda, Tetris, that's kind of a big question. But she's re- like, the, the question is in reference to music. And so if someone's like, well, what do you do? As a kid, I'm not a musician or an athlete. So it's like, well, you know, games. Like, you can kind of relate to that kind of misconnection question. Um, and there's just so many. I wrote <laughs> all of them, and it's a couple pages. <laughs> uh, and I like that in this movie, even though Scott Pilgrim is a jerk, there's that sense of man, we were all really shitty when we were in our twenties, and you know, like there's a sense of like, yes, we've been shitty before, and then we've had to grow up. There's a sense of like, kind of get with it, get better, get you know, become a better person. And the movie alludes to that with the, you know the, the power of self-respect. Like he gets the sword and can face the boss, um, and I find that that's that it's communicated with that game language. That's like, oh, I get it. Kind of bettering yourself as a person is like this you know thing to overcome, and that seems silly if you're not into games. But that's a big part of that story, and um, just the <laughs> the sense of the, then before the, my time runs out the opening credit sequence where they're sitting on the couch and Knives Chow is introduced to good music for the first time and her world expands. And I'm like, every show I've been to in a, in a stage or a, uh, you know, a venue has been that. The room has gotten bigger. I've done that focus in my mind and it's the best visualization of that and then just white noise, static images of just like the music taking over. And there's a lot of that in this and the music is amazing. And I don't have enough time to go over like all the actors in there, but they are all a hoot. I can't decide which one I like the best because I keep thinking, like, well, this one's better than the other one. And this one's better. I like this one better. Oh, he's, but he's got this line. He's got the vegan thing. The vegan thing. You're phase. out of time. Yeah. So it's <laughs> easily my comfort favorite movie. And for me, beats the other movies because of it. So while well, that was a very passionate argument,
0: uh, <laughs> yours is the only movie on the table that I actually have a lot of arguments against. So I'm sorry, but so the the first one out of the gate is I think this movie, and I want to hear what you have to say about this one, is the prime example of movies going style over substance. Well, but then that's is that a problem
4: in yes. this case? <laughs> because, because there's I think no substance.
0: The substance is entirely it's a, a guy fighting seven other dudes in order to win a woman, and
4: and a, and a woman. Yeah, also a woman. oh, and a woman. Yeah. Sorry, exes,
0: exes, yeah, sorry, whatever, <laughs> fighting seven other people. In order to win a prize, like there's there's very little here, and She's it's just
2: literally a trophy. Yeah, and the other woman that he fights is defeated by an orgasm.
0: So there's some very problematic storytelling things. He also in
4: doesn't treat knives all that great. No, no. like he He's cheats on his shit. girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, he no.
0: he is a horrible person. But beyond that, just so they take this really kind of negative story and negative like. Ideals and package it in the most glitzy and glammy movie possible. I own it. I'm staring at my Blu-ray.
2: Oh, the glitz and glam is great.
0: But so, what do you have to say about like Evans is great. So the idea of style over substance when the substance is so I don't want to say rotten, but kind of like this
5: uh,
3: movie. Well, well, I think it's what I didn't get a chance to get to with uh, the as as an adaptation because it was Edgar Wright doing it versus the source material. Because I've read all the books and they really just kind of do that to the nines of him being a shitty person. And the substance is arguably about the same. I think because there's a sense of like kind of favoring that uh, style over the substance, in this case, when there's some problematic elements, it kind of lessens that. I think, I think it makes it more of about the experience versus kind of those more problematic elements. And I think for, in those moments, it's being able to latch on to um, him kind of eventually growing, like them kind of... Set, like recovering from the dust after the dust has settled and kind of like sorry move on and but he I, doesn't move on they what does together. he
2: grow into exactly
3: well whatever like we don't get to see that because that's the end like at the but very think, end of the but movie but he
2: just wins like what exactly how did he grow
3: I think his his apology was heartfelt and he and he delivered it in a way that he didn't deliver any lines in the other in the movie previous.
2: What did he apologize for? He,
3: he at the end of the movie he apologizes
0: to both of them, and it is I to agree the, it is a sincere moment. And I think to both the way the yeah to okay. both of them for lying to them
3: and being a total dickbag. Okay. And the way he does it is very different to how he talks in the beginning of the movie. In the for most of the movie, and this is something I actually picked up on this most recent watch. He's very whiny and very not assertive. He's very passive in his um, tone of voice, and by the end of that when he's apologizing, he's just like you know not he didn't say this literally but damn it i'm sorry and here's what i did wrong and he just that redo i think for me saves that whole thing him getting that extra life kind of that second chance to be like oh here's what i did wrong and kind of just bump a bump a bump point from point to point kind of see what he did wrong and i liked his apology to kim and i think that was also important and something that you know any other director might not have added in there but she was the most hurt by him and they addressed that the least until the end and he apologized to her. So I feel like, yeah, there is there are all those problems. But it also goes to great pains to um, create that apology, that sense of apology, and do it in that language. That like someone like me who does video games would probably grok a little bit more than just a long speech.
2: The apology is nice, but all three of them still, like their self-esteems were kind of wrapped up into his want of them. And mm-hmm. that never seemed to lessen, even with the apology they didn't really move on. They were still like, "Oh, Scott, you're so great," which is a, which didn't really make them grow at all. Well, yeah I mean that, that's that's that is fair.
4: I was just thinking this is kind of a bummer because on our table, I realize and I'm part of this is like we all picked movies that are very dude centric i mean uh and and Scott Pilgrim versus the world actually has more female characters than the other, but you still have this problematic yeah thing where there's you know they're all about him.
3: Yeah, and I think there's just, I mean, you can't excuse some of those things now, especially since we're very much attuned to the problematic elements. And I think, for for me, what works is that it does go to great pains to at least address them or at least start that process of you know apology, of change, of bettering yourself, even if it doesn't pay it off and it doesn't exactly work. So, I think the- really
0: quick before you get to the end of this thing. So, granted, he apologizes. That's great and I'm like that. How do you defend the ending, though? Because even though he apologizes, she still takes him back. Like, that's... That's, for
3: me, the, the one hell-worthy trespass. I'm actually still conflicted about that, because I've seen the secondary ending that they, they shot for the movie where he stays with knives.
1: That was the first version I saw. I saw it at a test screening at the Arclight, like right when I first moved here. And they had the ending where he goes back with knives. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then in many ways, like it makes a lot more sense, I Mm -hmm. suppose, but it's also still kind of regression.
2: Oh, I totally yell about it. I'd be like, you're back in knives? He's a cheater, knives. He's already shown us knives. knives Yeah, that had that. You you said
3: it really well. That had that weird effect of like, even though that was the better ending that I liked, there was still something that just didn't. Yeah, Yeah. he he should be alone. Yeah.
0: That's pretty much it. Once a cheater,
4: always a cheater. This is all about people like fighting for something. I wanted knives to like just be like fuck you Pfeiffer, you know so, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah if all if the three girls linked arms and went we don't need you scott yeah. and walked away there we go there's some progression for their characters and
0: then he actually could grow because yeah. yeah so that that's my major complaint yeah, yeah. In the movie. now I, I realize i was more harsh on that one than the other one no though. no, no. I, I, <laughs> but, but, I, but I, I understand where that's coming something
4: from. that's not yeah. about like analyzing the movie so much but i do remember the weekend this came out because i was in line to watch the expendables is <laughs> the expendables and under the tuscan sun and Scott Pilgrim, why the <laughs> fuck did they release it that weekend? That was I don't such know.
1: a. I think it came in number seven or eight at the box office. Yeah, it did yeah. not it do well. That didn't do
3: well at
4: all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, the entire so audience was... for this movie was watching The Expendables. It's also true, uh, but also
2: it was near the oversaturation of uh, what's his face, Michael Sarah, Michael yeah. and people were starting to really turn on him. I, I don't think
1: the I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, ahead, buddy. Well, well I just I... don't think he's a very good Scott Pilgrim. No, know? That's, like, that's exactly I, what I was going to Because I do, I love this movie. And I'm, I'm with you. There are parts of this movie that just give me chills. Like that opening where it turns into like a Guitar Hero style <sighs> scroll. I'm like, that is one of my favorite moments in a movie I can I've been trying to of. steal that scene so Brendan I can actually Ralph's
2: post it.
4: Brendan vegan thing is one of my favorite. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> I love hilarious. when they started playing the Zelda music in the hallway. I was like, did oh! You, did you catch yeah. the
3: Donkey Kong beat in the club fight? That doodly, 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 well, doodly? Well, no, because like, I'm not a gamer. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I, I respect I just, it. God I get that. It. Like, There's that, like, oh, wait, I know this game. Okay, like... So, yeah. But I
1: really like the books, and I think the thing yeah. about the books with Scott Pilgrim in, in those is that he's got a charm, and he's like he's likable and cool in those books, where he can get away with some nasty shit, mm-hmm. and you can kind of understand why people would put up with so much of his crap. And he, to be sure, he's a he's a character that has a lot of problems, and he's a total ass in many ways. And for I don't know who you could have cast in this besides Michael Sarah, but I just feel like Michael Cera is like. He comes off a little too like Aspergery to be like, Oh, women are gonna literally kill people to You kinda do the and thing with him, like him? Yeah, a yeah. little bit, yeah. which is funny because Anne's are... in the movie and she's <laughs> cooler than he is. All, all
4: three of us went for movies with asshole protagonists. I know.
0: Oh. It oh. Makes well, me all four of you have an asshole protagonist, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but no, I agree. Like Uh-oh. I, I love, words. I love Scott Pilgrim, but it is one of those movies Good that wow. I love with like a like I love, but yeah, I love it's star such star. a great movie. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's got a lot of footnotes, yeah. and it came out before the last book. Oh, it's a blast! It kind of has the same problem as Game of Thrones, where it came out before the story was actually done.
3: Which is which I may get flack for, but like I, when I finally read this story, I was like, oh,
1: I don't. It like, kind of ends in a similarly. It ends in a similar way, way but <laughs> then like
3: Gideon had this like weird crystal tube of all of his exes, and they were feeding energy, and it was like this weird, completely anime esque thing. I was just like, what is this? If you check that part of the book, it's so weird. And then you're like, I like the movie part better. That's I just feel like
2: the guy who wrote Scott Pilgrim has a lot of issues with past relationships and <laughs> like, never really move on. I've never read them. Speaking of oh, never thinking.
0: moving on, how about Star Wars? <laughs> oh. Boom!
3: Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh man, that was from the that was from the judge. Oh <laughs> Be worried. Are I you like telling me to move on? Uh sure. Star
2: Wars to, is to, one of to, the things that
4: brought us together. I know. To quote
3: another Disney movie, let it go.
2: Oh, no, <laughs> don't.
4: Star Wars isn't don't tarnish. It's not a, it was it's not really a Disney movie. It was made before it was Disney. I know. Disney I, does not own Star Wars. I know. I don't care how much money
2: they put on the property of Star Wars. I know. But they Leia is a Disney princess now. Huh? Leia is a
4: Disney princess now. I don't now. care.
0: Oh. I, yeah. I to I be do. fair, I'm trying to come at this one as negative as I can. Because Fuck this your one, it is Star Wars. It is so stacked in her favor because it's fucking Star Wars. Yeah, so, that, that does
4: seem. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, like I said, Again, Star not Wars not is a Terminator piece 2. of shit and it was made cheaply. All right, here we go with your five minutes of why Star Wars is supposedly good. It's supposedly to, good. Way, way <laughs> to frame the discussion. Star Wars
2: sucks. All right. So, everyone's gotten, who's ever listened to this podcast, my little speech about how my life was changed by Star Wars. Because it was. Uh, there's no. i can never fully describe that emotion i've never really had it since i don't know if i'll ever have it again of sitting in a theater watching something that i thought i knew what i was watching because i never grew up with star wars i was 14 i went into it because i'm like oh they're bringing him back this looks like fun let's go and then i'm sitting there and my back and my my back the back of my head my hair is tingling I'm seeing something I've never seen before or felt before. And that's what I got from Star Wars the first time I saw it, which is hard for a film to do in general. And then for a film to do that came out before I was born and to see it in the 90s, like, how does that happen? Who does that happen to? I mean, and it has happened not just to me, but to many other people with Star Wars to a point that Disney spent billions of dollars to own it. And are going to be pumping out movies every year, hoping to make as much money as possible. Which, in my mind right now, is going to possibly spoil it. Well, whatever. I'm not going to go into that tirade. Um, But as a movie, it's got so many defining things. It is a hero's journey. It is a story about family, friends, conquering evil. It's a believing in yourself Finding the people that you can work with to achieve your goals. You don't just do it yourself. You need a team. There's so many messages in here. Screw Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Luke is the ultimate, like, every man, young man, young person that you can relate to. He's whiny. He wants, he doesn't really care about anything. He just wants to go have fun and hang out with his friends and shoot wombats. It's He's searching for purpose without really even knowing that he wants a purpose. He just doesn't want to be at the farm anymore. And then you have the smuggler who is seasoned and he's kind of cynical and he's just in it for the money, but he really has a heart down in there and he just needs to meet the right people to bring it out of him. You have the princess who's born into privilege, but has a cause that she fully believes in and is willing to sacrifice everything to get to it. A lot of times, especially back in the 70s, women were there just to be saved and to have cleavage. And then instead, you get a woman who's this kind of... She's not waiting to be saved. She's waiting for her death. And she was content with it at that moment. And then they come in. They try to save her. Not very good at it. Then she saves them. And it's all about how the once the three of them to get together, where you have the innocence, you have the cynic, you have, and then you have the passion. And the three of them together is just like the perfect combination. And they together win in the end. And it's all a celebration about them. Yes, you have the droids. You have the Wookiee you have Chewbacca you have the Rebel Alliance and everything but it's all about those three people coming together and succeeding and then later on you find all the history about their father and everything and then the force but (laughs) it's all very deep and it's it really pulls into things that psychologically anyone can relate to this movie had so much impact on science on culture on media on how you made movies, how you marketed movies, the rights that directors had to their movies. It's everything. It Toys. changed everything. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like this is the first they Fox didn't have faith in it, so they gave the rights to marketing to George Lucas. He made some freaking t-shirts, people bought them, and then he's just like, alright just make all this other stuff. People keep buying it. He made so much money. No one had done that before. It was amazing. This movie changed the game on so many levels. And continues to touch people beyond the oversaturation of products we have right now. Where there's so many fans that are just about the things of Star Wars. There's You're st- wearing
4: Star Wars themed uh, headphones. Yes, I on am. Your head. <laughs> I'm not
2: completely out of fault because yes, I do enjoy buying Star Wars stuff. But outside of just the general merchandising, there's still people who just in their souls feel Star Wars like it's an emotion. It's a thing. Like you can't. Once you have it, it never goes away. That's why I get really annoyed with people sometimes, and then a lot of times I just can't talk to anyone about Star Wars anymore because I get so mad because it's like, it's not just about the product. I'm not going to watch the trailer. I'm going to wait because I want that feeling again that I... Sorry. (laughs) I got for a moment. This is why Star
4: Wars sucks. It's making Chewie cry.
3: (laughs) How dare it.
2: It's emotional. (laughs) I wasn't expecting to do that. Oh. I'm sorry. You ten seconds th- to stop
0: crying.
1: This is, your, <laughs> this is your favorite movie. Stop having an emotional response to it.
2: I mean, even last night when I was making my robe, I was just like... You're out of time. It felt good to be making something while watching Star Wars. Now tell me why it's bad.
5: Well, hold on. As I you cry
2: <laughs> and your husband. Tell me why my
5: movie's
4: terrible. Um.
3: <laughs>
2: I'm crying because I'm worried oh. Disney's going to fuck it up.
3: So I guess my first question is, is, this, is, this, is Star Wars A New Hope your favorite Star Wars?
2: The thing is, I don't have a favorite Star Wars film when you really get down to it. Mm-hmm. I have a favorite moment. Favorite moment? And that moment's in Jedi. But What moment is that? The moment when Darth Vader is taunting Luke about His trying to convert sister. Leia. And then Luke goes dark for just a moment because of how mad he would be at the proposition of him trying to convert Leia.
3: Well, that camera also does a pan on them on the lower level as he's oh, so letting it into his anger. It's really good. It's such a great moment. But I guess I bring that up because Star Wars itself had a huge impact. But then, when for me, when I've revisited the movie again and again and again and again and again, it's always the good place. It's it's where it starts. But then, for me, like Empire Strikes Back is my favorite Star Wars movie. So it's it's interesting that, and I'm re- like admittedly reaching for straws here, but like this has more of a cultural impact. But it's not necessarily your favorite moment in the Star Wars, all of it, thing.
2: No, but you can't have any of the other things without this.
0: And to be fair, the one that got her crying was the one she was just talking about. Yeah, yeah. that was the first thing. Uh, But, I mean, getting real, I mean, they don't give the Wookiee an award. (laughs) I mean, that's bullshit, right? They
3: never let the Wookiee win. I never understood
0: why. I mean... Just saying, a perfect movie. The Wookiee would have gotten an award. Yeah. <laughs> also,
4: can we? Okay. Just, all right. Let's get down to brass tacks here because the stupidity. Okay. First of all, putting the plans in a robot, and then when they find out, oh, it's probably a trap. They're probably. She's even like, okay, blah, 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 going back. All right. <sighs> Hang on a second. Star Wars is very important to Emily oh. as well. Okay. So, like, but seriously,
0: she's got a tattoo about it. or when something. They,
4: <laughs> when they when they leave the the um, Death Star, and she's just like. They're tracking us. There's no other explanation for the ease of our escape. Oh, well. They don't attempt to not be tracked. They just kind of go, eh, we'll lead them right to the rebel base that I just sacrificed my home planet to protect. It's uh, like, what? Okay, just come on, guys. Dumb. Star Wars is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and then
3: yeah, and there's also... And the Wookiee didn't get an award.
0: The <laughs> get an award.
4: <laughs> but
3: then also it was like, it is in this galaxy, as presented by A New Hope, is there like one woman for every three thousand five hundred seventy two men? Like, so there, there is some of these things that like also don't age well and and not you know. a whole lot of
2: people. Are there any people of color in How Star Wars? How they have babies? There's some black people and there's w- one Williams. Asian. person, yeah, I think <laughs> at some point. No, I mean, well, the he first didn't show up the second one. Billy D. Yeah, because yeah. they, they put Star- them he up wasn't in the Star class. Wars. <laughs> he was
4: in Empire Strikes Back.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah in the actual A New Hope
0: cuz there's a lot of people in rubber suits. Uh, one of them
3: might have been black.
2: <laughs> I uh, they. Uh,
3: well, and there's there's one thing that always comes back to me is that there's a lot of this this amazing stuff that you're that you mentioned that I'm also projecting onto this first movie when I started getting those feelings for like empire, for return of the Jedi, after I've seen the whole of it, like the completeness of those three movies. Um so I mean yeah, for me like if there was one nitpick and that's the major one is like all that magic was spread out across the three movies and not necessarily concentrated on one mm. for me. And I, that's just my opinion. But
2: The thing is, you don't have any of that magic without the three of them getting together. Well, right. Those movies would have still happened in various forms, but it's the three of them together that matter.
3: But then, I guess, without the other two movies coming after it, the, the, the phenomenon would have fizzled out.
0: I I beg to differ on that one. Not just because I want to defend Star Wars, because that's my instinct, um, but you go back to 1977 when this thing came out. People saw it all the fucking time. If they had free time, they're at the theater seeing Star Wars. Like the amount of like just impact of this one movie, I don't think would have gone away. It is one of the best episodes yeah. of that 70 show. Yeah, like it was <laughs> true, but it was but I think, such I think it- a atom bomb of like movie. Fandom that I don't think the sequels were icing on the Brian, cake. That turned out great. Tear but. it
2: down, come on. Well,
0: I told you the Wookie didn't get an award. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> That's my are number. We 1. are gonna talk
2: thing. about the Leia doesn't wear a bra or Leia anything.
0: No, bra. that that works. It out doesn't really make well any sense that she space. gets
2: completely wet inside the garbage suit, but you can't see through her dress. Come on, guys. Yeah, I
0: just it's go with the force dress. on that one. I, I like
2: Star Wars.
4: <laughs> I like the Chewy's, Chewy's trying to give the movie some faults. Yeah. I mean,
2: there's a lot of things to make fun of. I enjoy making fun of it while I watch it in my brain, I, while I love, also being fully invested.
0: The thing is, it's a lot easier for me to make fun of when I'm watching it than when I'm thinking about
3: it, because when I think about it, it's all like rose-colored glass, and like,
2: oh, it's
0: so great!
3: <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps the biggest strength for it, and I, I don't want to say this, but it's like, when you think about it critically, there are a lot of good things it's doing, and a lot of... Things that it broke the mold for. So, like, at the same time, that, that still has its problems.
2: Talk about how dated it is with its hairstyles. Come we're, on, guys. We're out of
5: time. No,
3: Lucas fixed those in the extent, like, the new <laughs> versions. <Yeah. laughs> Don't
2: talk about those. No, those
5: uh, are the only G. versions that right dreadlocks. now
0: exist. Those
3: are the only versions that exist right now.
5: <laughs>
0: That's not true. We got it sitting right fucking yeah. there. Uh, okay, so we have to have a winner today. And oof.
4: we all win. <laughs>
0: I'm never ever going to give participation trophies. Um, Again, go- everyone gets a gold star. Yeah, nope, <laughs> uh, gold star is for one person who wins, and I Man, don't know who. The I fuck really it hope is.
2: some people write in, like on our yeah. on our thing at some point. This, this what, first what time. To write in, when they listen to this episode, would be like, stupid Chewie crying, what a sap, or something yeah, like Yeah, you guys should write well, in. She's just us using her you tears think, to make Juan? you vote for her.
0: Well, here's the thing. Uh, Star Wars is not going it. to win because I believe that Chewie tried to manipulate us with tears. I didn't uh. do it on purpose. <laughs> oh. 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 What a twist. What an
3: what a after-the-hype-thrones yeah. twist. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the, th- the statement I didn't get to finish is that I almost got that exact feeling while watching... Uh, rogue one fucking great movie so that's why i started getting teary is because i hadn't had had that before
0: um well you should have done rogue one today maybe you would have won uh but yeah so star wars doesn't win because i don't like being manipulated um (laughs) fine (laughs) if you'd made it through without crying i was going to be surprised
1: um, I love movies, but I hate being manipulated. <laughs> I am my own man. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, so after that, trying to think like so, my mm. the w- way I usually try to judge is what do people have the least amount of like comebacks for? And sadly, everyone at the table had something to say about Scott Pilgrim, so that one also does not win. So that brings me down to Im and Barton Fink.
1: There, if I may. They're very much the same movie. They are not the same movie, bro. They're very much the same movie. <laughs> Los Angeles equals bruise <laughs> no. Unlikable characters yeah, with a body true. count. Be careful, uh, is, it careful. Dread. is this manipulation? <laughs> I feel like I'm being manipulated. I, I don't know what you're talking about. You know about. my feelings about manipulation. <laughs>
0: Uh, shit. I don't know. Uh, Your movie does
4: not have Colin Farrell like insulting fucking right, fat people.
0: Here's what we're gonna do. You're both <laughs> fucking get, Bruges. You're both gonna get thirty seconds because oh, that's shit. the amount of time I like to tell me why the other movie is total fucking garbage. You guys ready? Who yeah. wants? To, uh, Chewy. Eric pick.
2: looks so uncomfortable with this. I know. I
0: I, I, I like in Bruges. We'll prepare, take everything and say the opposite. So, so. Chewy, you get to pick who goes first because you're the first one out
2: go with Eric so so that he can kill his pain.
0: (laughs) Alright, you ready to go? Sure. Go for
1: it. Uh, It is a fine movie, but I think (laughs) that uh, as far as dark comedies go, uh, the Coen brothers just came first, you know? I think Martin McDonough is a fantastic writer, but I think that his plays as strong as they are, are definitely stronger than his screenplays. And I think that In Bruges just has a a bit of uh, a problem with tone it feels inconsistent to all right me. there you go
5: <laughs> all right so emily
1: now gets 30 seconds to say why a movie she's never fully finished is a terrible
4: movie well, i think that kind of says it <laughs> all right emily you ready yeah all right go yeah, I, I that's. I couldn't. I I meant to watch it again before this podcast, and I ran out of time. And also, I was kind of like, uh, I don't want to, um, because I I did watch some of it, and I just got this is so self indulgent. It's so writers writing about writing, and I just can't. I can't unless it's got like something really cool happening. And if something does happen, cool later in the movie then I need to see it sooner because it lost my interest before we got there. And I don't know, I just, my movie's awesome and fun and you laugh and you cry and you feel moved and you learn something.
0: That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Eric, I'm sorry. I mean, the first argument you had was it's a fine movie.
5: (laughs) 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 And And Emily just spits all over the table.
2: This needs to become I, a video podcast. I think that's the first <laughs> natural spit take I've ever seen.
3: I need a towel. Jk, <laughs> yeah. I don't.
2: Okay, okay. I don't wait to it, swallow. It's a little so bit I'm on my just, phone. I, I'm sorry, it, it grazed
5: is... graze me only. I'm so sorry. So we're that gonna happened. go.
3: Do <laughs> so I get
0: superpowers I now? the
2: Wrong moment to swallow
3: some
2: water. Oh, that's what she
4: said. <sighs> Was
3: she really
0: so long story <laughs> short. It was.
4: I'm uh, sorry. Did I get your fruit Loop donut?
0: Well, that thing's garbage. I'm anyway. not gonna that <laughs> anymore. No,
3: I will finish it. Ooh. After this.
0: Ooh,
1: that's, uh, yeah. that's depressing. That's and now easy. it's even more soggy. <laughs>
0: so our winner today will be in Bruges. Yes! With, <laughs> with Barton Fink coming in a strong second place, and the other two movies losing. Uh,
5: <laughs> yes. Take
4: that, Star Wars! Your bazillion dollars. That's and what we get
2: for manipulating me. <laughs> we influence NASA.
3: <laughs> I want that shirt. <laughs> we influenced NASA.
5: <laughs> what
3: about Would it the... just
1: say Raspberry? <laughs> <laughs> what about the satellite Fink that's going around the Earth
3: right now? Dude, it's weird, uh, my favorite video game of all time, uh, Monkey Island Tula Chuck's Revenge, references Barton Fink. Almost in the immediate. Really? Really? That's strange. Guybrush Threepwood is telling his story to two pirates of the campfire. Why didn't you say that when I was trying to come up with defenses? (laughs) I didn't want to defend your... Yeah, I'm trying to win here. But he he talks to two pirates named Bart and Fink. And they always refer to him as Bart and Fink. That's pretty cool. In the text in the game.
1: Oh, and then there's that great Simpsons joke where all the kids are like, this guy's sneaking us into an R-rated movie. It's something called Bart and (laughs) Fink. And then they all drive down the road going, Bart and Fink,
2: Bart and (laughs) Fink. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, a right. bunch of teenage boys wouldn't be so into Barton Yeah,
0: Maybe at the end with the Hall and Fire and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool.
1: Uh, no spoilers. You have to actually watch the movie.
2: <laughs> <first>.
1: <laughs> uh, okay,
0: so that's our 200th episode. Oh, we did it, guys. We did it. We made wow. it to 200 and we didn't die. Congrats. Although it did end with John having diabetes <laughs> and then getting spit on. So
1: uh, <laughs> Somebody choked to death. If ever you wanted
3: to know our feelings on... <laughs> Afflicted people. That's
2: almost <laughs> kind of like he's a true American.
0: Word.
5: it's perfect. <laughs>
2: oh, no. That,
3: that was—it was a perfect metaphor for America.
1: <laughs> it really was.
5: You have diabetes, <laughs> and we're spitting on you. Yeah.
2: The I'm the movies. <laughs> Take oh that. boy. All
1: right, so follow Take us. that
2: in your
5: ACA and smoke it. Oh, <laughs>
0: follow man. us on Twitter, ATH underscore podcast. Go to our website, www.athpod.com for all of our fun stuff, including our, our uh, tip of the brain game. Uh, you can find all of our Spotify playlists there. You can find all of our episodes, our articles, when we'll start writing them again soon, I hopefully. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, yes. Yeah, oh, we got a ton of stuff going on there, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and then tune in next week for our 201st episode, which is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Dose. Yay! Uh, it should be a lot of fun. A new season, a new look. It's a lot yeah. of colors. A new ATH. But you
2: can't see the colors because this is
0: audio. this is an audio podcast.
2: Unless you're those people that have that one condition I don't remember.
1: We- well, let's spit on them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So congrats Eric, on no, 200 episodes Thank, thank you, you. you yeah, team. So We made it Congrats uh, Congrats! All right. Triple congrats Bye everybody uh, Bye.
0: Uh, And uh, hold on one second uh, Eric where's the uh, website Where they can find Your lovely writings
1: Oh you could go to Floodmagazine.com Floodmagazine.com Sweet Cool uh, Thank you so much For coming out for 200 Oh what a pleasure Thanks for having me Of
0: course Alright Bye
5: Bye Bye